Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. What I want to do here in this portion, in this uh, exhortation with this being a Rosh Kodesh, but also Yom Teruah, the head of the year, also for us and what we have to look forward to. Now, for those that are, are new, what we usually do is, is the Father usually gives us some direction, not only like he does for the month, but also when we come to these, these years, the head of these years, he sort of puts in us uh, what to expect in the upcoming year, not just what this month is entailed. And so I believe that, you know, even in this year, and I'm just going to say it is 5782 is what they would look at it as on the Hebrew calendar. And I know that, you know, there's all kind of things out there to where are we off 200 years or we're off whatever. Guys, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like I've told you before, I believe that the seventh day is the Sabbath. But are we really on the seventh day? It's up to Yahweh. I mean, he, it's up to him. How do I know? I wasn't there in Adam and Eve. I wasn't there when Noah went through the flood. I have to trust. No, I don't need it. Thank you for asking. But you know what I mean? I have to trust that if he wants us worshiping on the seventh day, how do I know? How do you know that this is the seventh month in the first day? You have to trust and know that, that it's by faith. You know, and so these are the things that we are because when he commands us to do something and be somewhere, it's on him for him to say this is the that we don't lose time like it is. Now, do we lose a year or two or whatever? Maybe so. This is why we talk about the Shemitah. But all over, the way they're doing this is we're coming into this Shemitah cycle. And we have to trust and to know. Because he does have times and seasons. And I do, and I will tell you, that this was what Hasatan was trying to do. Satan was trying to get us to where we would not know times in law. And he's done a really good job because what he's done is, is he has changed the body of Messiah as a whole during the first, second, and then going definitely into the third century, changed everything to where the days of worship doesn't stay on the seventh day, it goes to the first day. And then he replaced all kind of holy days for holidays. And so we're, and he is, and look, the Father knows what he's doing. And I have to trust that he knows what he's doing because like Brad Scott said, he's smarter than we are. And we're the one, he's the creator and we're the created. And so he gives us in our times and seasons that we live and how we can affect the body of Messiah and the lost in the nations today. He places in us through his word and through his prophets and through his ministers to be able to have a word that goes out for what he's doing. And I have to say this. You know, for us, it's been doing what we call our Hebrew roots. We've been doing it now for a, really a short time in the history from the 2,000 years from the very first century. We're still only just a little bitty teardrop of what's been going on. But the Father has doing something, and when he does it, though, he can make this teardrop turn into an ocean quick. Okay, and this is what seems to be happening in these days. So naturally, when I was going through this, I was like, Father, you know, because I'll just be honest with you. I wasn't looking for something positive with all that we've been through. We've been praying and believing and 
all this stuff, and, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. There's just a lot that's happening in this world around us. And I will tell you, I'll be the first one to stand up here and say, it's hard to stay focused on him and him alone with all of the stuff that's going on around us. But yet, you know what? We have to stay focused on him and him alone for him to get us where he wants us to be. Because I'm telling you, all the rest of the stuff that's going on is noise. And that's what it is. And that's what he was telling me is like, this is noise. This is Hasatan trying to distract you. So there's so much noise going around from all different directions. From Look, even the noisemakers don't even know what noise they're making. They're changing left and right, and they don't even know who they're going to back up. And I'm seeing that more and more as of late with all the stuff that's happened. So with that said, we're going into this new year. So in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, this is what I believe he was sharing for us. He says, the point is this, and I really just thought, that I'm reading out of the ESV. I don't know what yours says, but the point, of, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, spirit, soul, and body is what he's saying here. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Guys, this is not a time to be a hoarder. This is a time to where he has equipped us to go out and minister and be the witness that we need to be in this earth. It is not a time to keep your mouth shut. This is a time for you to be able to do, but I'm telling you, it's not about what you say, it's about what you do. It's the good works that you do that speaks as a witness. If you're going to sit there and say, be well, and you're not going to help somebody, then don't open your mouth and just go back home until you can get it right. This is what he's telling you, and this is what he's telling me. If we're going to sow sparingly, then guess what? Don't complain because you're going to reap sparingly. He's laying it out there for us. This is what he's doing. If we will do what he says, but whoever sows abundantly will also reap bountifully. So if we're sowing bountifully, we're going to reap that. He's laying it out here. I'm just saying this right off the bat. If you're not reaping what you think you need to be reaping, you need to look at yourself. What are you sowing? Because this is what he's saying. He's not going to bless me or you with something if we're not going to use it for his kingdom. He's not going to just give you something in this day, in this hour, when he is trying to reach the lost and trying to minister to the people. He is not, I mean, he's going to give you and me opportunities to be able to serve and do because I'm telling you, it's not enough to say be warm. You have to give somebody, you have to give somebody a blanket. And this is what he's sharing with us. Because this is the ministry. Verse 9, it says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion or not forced to. And so I'm sitting here today telling you. That he's going to lay on your heart what you can do. Because everybody can't do the same. Okay? Everybody can't do the same spirit, soul, and body. But everybody can do something. But you're not to do it reluctantly. If you do it, if I'm sitting up here ministering to you this, and if you go out and try to put this into action and you're reluctant, guess what? You're not going to reap a thing. You might as well keep it in your pocket. Okay? But at the same time, I'm not up here trying to force you to do something. Because I am to minister you the word. 
And then he's going to lay it on everyone's heart what we can do. Some can do more than others. Okay? But he's telling us whatever we can do. And I can tell you, if you'll walk out in faith, when he puts it on your heart to do whatever he asks you to do, do it because he says he loves a cheerful giver. He loves those who work this ministry because we're to be a light to the nations. And the more that, because guess what we're doing, the more light that we are to the nation, the more they're praising him. So the more that we're able to do for the nations, he gets more praise and honor. And you know what he does? He sort of likes it. And what does he do? He pours back into you so you can do more. But if you're reluctant, don't be complaining that he's not pouring something in your lap. Because he's not going to pour it in your lap so you can just put it aside for later. There is no rainy day in this message. He gives it to you now to use now. This is what he's telling us. He's given it to us now to use now. Because people need salvation. People need to understand the word of what Yahweh is doing in this land. And if they don't receive it, that's on them. Then he says this, verse 8. For Elohim is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at what? All times. That you may abound in every good work. This is what he was telling us in Matthew 25. And we taught this. If you're hungry, feed them. There was a guy the other day, me and Jeremiah, we was at Steak and Shake. A guy walked up. He was tattooed from the top of his hair to the bottom of his feet. I guess he was bottom of his feet. He had shoes on, so I didn't see the bottom of his feet. But he was tattooed all the way over. Had on new shorts, new shirt, and a hat that was straight brim with a little cock to it. And he walked up, and he says, naturally, I said, here we go. But he walked up, and he says, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. I said, well, let's go get you something to eat. And he was shocked because he said, I just got out of prison today, just got out of prison, and he got dropped off there, and he didn't have anything. So I gave him some money. I said, you can eat now and give you some for you to eat later. But when you do it, and I said, and stay out of there, he said, I'll do my best. I said, well, that ain't good enough because that just means you're going to go back. I said, do your best. You need to stay out of there. But the thing about it, it shocked him, didn't it, Jeremiah? It shocked him because he thought we were going to have to battle. He said, man, that was quick. But you know why it was quick? It was because of this scripture. I knew the man was hungry. He just got out of prison. I know he doesn't have anything because I can tell you he's done burnt all his bridges with his families. They've already tried to help him till they're probably bankrupt. But the thing about it is, that isn't what the father told me. He said, if they're hungry, you feed them. You feed them. And then we sat there, and then it was right there, and we had a lady who was waiting on us just for whatever reason, just started telling us about her situation. You know, she needed rent. So I give her $100. And I'm not saying this to boast, but I said, here, you got half of it. Boom, here you go. Oh, that's only worse than me, yeah. But I'm just saying, so what I'm telling you, I'm not telling you this for boasting. I'm not telling but I'm telling you this because this is the ministry of what Yeshua has for us. That's right. I had opportunity because I'm telling you, and I didn't know this. I didn't have this message when this happened. This just happened automatically. 
But then it was brought back because guess what? He knew this message was coming. And you know what? I couldn't have taught it today if I wouldn't have helped that person who was hungry and if I wouldn't have helped that person who needed rent money. I wouldn't have been able to bring this. I would have disqualified myself because I would have been one who sowed sparingly. I would not have reaped bountifully. You see what I'm saying? That's what it, It's not about me being up here. It's not good enough for me to sit up here and tell you what needs to happen. I have to first put out what needs to happen. Because guess what? I don't, just because I'm a pastor, I don't bypass all of this stuff. This stuff starts with me, like Bill taught me, her dad taught me, was this. It starts with me on up. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole because we're servants. Yeshua didn't come to be served. He come to serve. And this is, this is what's happening because I'm telling you guys the time is short. And I'm going to tell you what's going to turn the hearts of the people is the works that people do because you're going to show them the light of Messiah in you. And you've got to do it. But I'm just telling you, he's given us opportunities. If we sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. So you're going to have the opportunities because this is what he's doing in these end times. Especially in these end cycles. And I'm not saying that we might not be, and I'm not a day and an hour guy. But guys, I would tell you this. We need to be really, really, really in tune with these next seven, eight years. And this last cycle before this, because there's a jubilee coming up. We need to be very attentive because in Matthew 25, this is right before Yeshua gave up his life. And he says, if they're hungry, you feed them. If they're thirsty, you give them something to drink. If they're a stranger, you invite them, you invite them in. If they're naked, you clothe them. If they're sick, you visit them. And if they're in prison, you go to them. That's the command that he told us right at the very end before he gives up his life. So guys, he's going to give us opportunity. But he's just letting us know this year there's going to be lots of opportunities. And this is really going to start kicking this off in this Shemitah year. He's going to kick it off. Then he says this. Verse 9, he says, as, as it is written. And, then he, and this comes from uh, Psalms 112.9, as it is written. It says, he has distributed freely. The Father distributes to us. This is the grace that he gives us. He distributes to us freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. It never stops. Verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply. Isn't it awful? I mean, not awful. Awesome. Not awful. Awesome. The last song. What was the name of the last song? Now, we work together, but we don't talk about this. I don't know what he has and what they do. And then he's going to tell us this. Food will supply and multiply your seed. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, he's going to multiply your seed. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, guys, that's a faith statement in the world that we're living in, in the day and hour that we're living in. Whenever inflation and all the craziness, and in, in, I'm going to tell you, I, I got to say this. Anybody know who Godzilla is? Y'all remember Godzilla is in the movie? All right, they got Mr. Godzilla and Mrs. Godzilla. And you know, Godzilla's sort of big, right? And so they're going in, they're in Washington, and they're, they're eating the different buildings. And Mrs. Godzilla, it told Mr. Godzilla, because he was fixing, he was standing over the White House, and she said, don't eat that, that's full of nuts. So 
you know, there's some things. So I'm under, huh? I'm just saying. But he will multiply us. He will multiply your seed. Spirit, so look, in other words, what am I telling you? Don't rely on the government. The government don't know what they're doing. And this, this is the thing why I was sitting here believing, the Father, are you sure this is the word about multiplying the seed and the multiplying in your people's lives? And he says, it is. Because of what I'm seeing that's going around in this country, I, it, it goes totally opposite. When you got, because you know what? They're not the one that's multiplying anything. It's Yahweh Elohim that multiplies. And he's telling you that if you want bountiful, you have to sow out bountifully. This is the ministry, and this is what he's showing us, and he's telling us this year. So I'm going to read that again. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. This is a promise to us. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. See, he's going to enrich us in every way, but we have to be generous in every way. If you're not going to be generous in every way, then guess what? He's not going to enrich you in every way. He doesn't enrich the hoarders. That's not what he does. Which through us, through us, and through the body of Messiah who gets this and who operates in this this year, through us will produce thanksgiving to Elohim. There will be a revival of people that will be thanking the Father just because the way you're going to be able to worship and Him by meeting the needs of others. Not only the body of Messiah, but others. Verse 13, it says, By their approval for this service. By their approval for this service. What is this service? The service is, is meeting the needs of other people. That's not just the household of faith, but other people. They will glorify Yahweh because of your submission that comes from the your confession of the gospel of Messiah and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Guys, this is, I was like, Father, are you sure? I mean, this is what he was giving me. I'm pouring it out just like he gave it to me. It says, while they long for you and pray for you because of your surpassing grace of Elohim upon you, thanks be to Elohim for his inexpressible gift. And guys, what that gift is, is grace. Because grace is the desire and to be able to desire what he asked us to do. And also he enables us to be able to work out his will in our life. And this grace is poured out, and he's going to pour it out more in our life. But the only way, only way he's going to fill your cup is you got to empty it. The faster you empty your cup, the faster he'll fill it. But if you're going to lay around and sit there with your cup full, guess what? He's going to bypass you until you empty your cup. If you just want to sit around and let your cup be full, sooner or later it's going to ferment. It's going to be nasty. Okay? He doesn't want it to be stagnant. He wants us to pour out. He'll fill, pour out. And you might get wore out pouring it out. But he's saying this is what is going to happen. So with this, in the year 5782, in the Hebrew letters, there's a noon, 
There's a Zion, there's a pay, and there's a bait. Okay, noon is life, activity, multiply, and increase. That's noon. Zion is a hand or a weapon. Ephesians 6, 17 says this, The sword of the Spirit is what? The word of Elohim. So right now we have multiplying, increased life. We have a weapon. But it says he's putting the increase in the sword of the Spirit, which is his word in our hand. Pay is mouth, speech. Deuteronomy 8.3 says this, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but what? By every word that comes from the mouth of Yahweh. We're going to be able, your mouths will be able to speak life and activity and multiplication in people's lives and, and healing and all of these things. And he's saying that this is going to happen. Fate is house, in, into, or family. Acts 13, 26, it says, Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear Elohim, to us who has been sent the message of this salvation. So this is what he was telling me. Life is multiplied and increased by the sword of the Spirit, which is his word, through our mouths and deeds for the saints and all others. This is what he's equipping us to do this year, especially in this year. Life is multiplied and increased by the sword of the Spirit, which is his word. Through our mouths and our deeds for the saints and others. So then he said this, and this is what I, I wrote this down and I was like shaking. But he said, it's not time to hold on to the past. He says, move forward. Camps, move out in order. The glory cloud is moving to a new location. So we're moving. He's moving. He's moving things by the Spirit. Things are going to start happening this year in this Shemitah cycle. For the body of Messiah as a whole, he's doing it. What he has done in yesterday, he is now moving. He says, counts, move out. So whatever he's doing for us and whatever. Now, I can't tell you how that's going to happen. He just said this is going to happen. And guess what? Every time when the trumpet sounds and we're on the day, we're on the day of awakening blast, Tyler done an excellent job explain, explaining the sounds of these shofars. And there is a shofar that's blowing today at the head of this year for us. And what he's going to start doing for us during this time. But guys, if you're going to hold on to the past, what it's going to do, you're going to get left behind. I'm just telling you. Because what happens is, is during the time of the children of Israel, a lot of them got tired in the journey. And a lot of them got tired of moving. And whenever the, whenever the camps moved out, this is what happened. They had water, and they still had food. The manna wasn't falling every day after the camp moved. But they still had their animals, and they still had it. But soon, guess what? Because the rock moved, the water moved with the rock. And all that was left dried up until they ate everything they could eat. And then all of a sudden, when they had nothing, they started looking which way did Yahweh move. 
But the sand had covered all their tracks. And what did they do? They died in the wilderness. And this is what he's telling us. Do not hold on to the things of the past. If you do, because this camp is moving. And you know what? I don't know where it's moving to. And you know what? Neither did Moses in the day when they blew that trumpet. When he said the glory cloud started moving, Moses said it's time to move. Where are we going? Follow the cloud. And this is what's happened. We're going to follow the Spirit. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the congregations. He's doing something. He's going to be doing something this year. And guys, we're going to hold on. And however that glory cloud moves, we're going to follow it. We need your prayers. We need your intercessions. We need all of the things because we're all in this together. And guys, whether other congregations know this or not, they're going to be doing the same thing. Jacob's tent's going to be doing the same thing. Whether he leaves, they're going to be doing the same. This ain't something that just exclusive. He speaks this everywhere. So I'm excited for what he's doing. I'm excited for what he's going to do. But I'm just, he has, if you notice, there's warnings in everything that we said. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. And the thing about it is, is you've got to understand this. Matthew 5, I think it's Matthew 5, 16. It says, when they see your good works, they glorify the Father who's in heaven. He wants to be glorified. Guys, he's given us talents. But let's not be the one who buries the talent in the sand. Because when he returns, and he's returning, guys, he's given us a mandate today. Let's not be the one to say, here, this is what you gave me. This is yours. But I, was, I knew you was a hard taskmaster, so I feared and I didn't do anything with it. Let's be the ones that, that took that and multiplied what he gives us. If he gives you five, gives you two, gives you ten. If he gives you one. If he gives you one, make two. He, there's people in here that only have one. Well, hallelujah, if you make two out of it, you doubled it. Because the person who, he got, who has five for whatever he's blessed him with, guess what? If they make five, they're no better than you who made one. Because it's still double. Understand the Father works. He understands what double means. Double's not number. Double is double. One makes two, five makes ten. That's still the same. That, you're, that person's no better than the other person. This is what he's trying to tell us. Don't look at the other person and say, well, they have more than I do. So, guess what? Hey, a lot of people got way more than I do. But he's not worried about, we can't be focused on what somebody else has. I need to be focused on what he's given me. What am I going to do with what he's given me to do to help serve? Amen? Let him get that on mic. This actually piggybacks on what you said last week, and that was the third parable of the sower. Yes. You had the cares and anxieties of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, but the fourth seed. That's right. And most people I didn't think about that. Yeah. get locked up in the third parable of the sower. They the do. Cares and anxieties of the world. So then they work harder so they can make more money. The deceitfulness of riches is if I just make more, I'll have that margin I'm looking for. Instead, yeah. and, and you don't spend, you hold on to. Correct. But if you break through to the fourth, it's not just double. It's 30, 100, 100. 60, and right. 30. That's we, right. we want to underscore that because that's him saying that. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll just say this because you brought in the parable of the sower and the seed. And that's the thing about the third group. Guys, when you try to do it on your own, all you're doing is, is you're wrapping yourself 
with thorns and vines. And if you ever get in thorns and vines and you get to a place to where you get tightly wrapped, then you got to get out of it. And then when you try to get out of it, you all cut up. And, and, and there's damage that happens because there's a lack of faith because, and, and I've said this before, we all like to feel, we like control in our life. We like a little bit of control. But the Father says, where you're going, you can forget control. You know what? You can forget that. You're just going to have to trust me that I'm going to be the one because when I let these angels loose and they're burning up a third of this and a third of that, guess what? You better know that you're in the place where he calls us to be because your control allowed to get you burned up. And this is the thing that, and, and it's not easy, and I'm telling you up here, I'm not saying this is easy, but I'm just saying that this is what he's saying. Where have we seen this before? He gives us his Torah, and we read these stories, and we see where these men, during the time of Moses, this just really amazes me more and more every year when we start at Passover, why we tell the Egypt story. Because we tell this story, and while we read the Torah portions over and over again, because people don't learn. It didn't go well for them. Why do you think today it's going to be any different than it was for them? When all of a sudden you don't like the way Yahweh's doing doing things, then you're just all of a sudden, I don't like the way you're doing it. Cora, I'm just going to step up. And people still do it today. And I'm like, what are you doing? But it's just in them not to do it the way he wants to do it. But you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. But guess what? These struggles will continue to happen over and over because Paul said it best. He put this in the word so that it would be our examples. What they did right, do what they did that was right. What they did wrong, don't do that. Because it's going to be the same result for you in the end. So you're right about that with the sower and the seed. So, Sandra, if you'll share um, Dr. Dina Dye, who's over On Fire Ministries, uh, executive director, sent a word out to her leaders, and we don't know what he was going to say. She doesn't know what you're going to say, but listen to the conference. This was sent out Sunday um, at 530 um, as we were going into this fall season. She sends out to the On Fire prayer, prayer warriors all over the United States and over, yeah. This is, a, this is our season to begin a full forensic audit of our hearts. This is the season of new beginnings. We start fresh as the slate has been wiped clean. This year, we resolve to be a different people. We declare our full commitment to the King of Kings. We commit to going forward with a warrior-like resolve. We commit to abandoning our non-stop obsession on circumstances, fear, Apathy, delusion, anger, ignorance, corruption. This year we resolve to make a difference in our sphere of influence. We commit to using our gifts and our talents for his glory. We promise to take our discouragement, our anxiety, our depression, our anxiousness to him and him first. We declare we will take every thought captive that exalts itself against the kingdom and the knowledge of God. We confess that we aren't able to do anything to advance his kingdom in our own strength and abilities. We desire to place our whole lives under his sovereignty. We recognize we have failed in so many areas, but we will 
we will work for his kingdom, come no matter what it costs. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. And I needed to hear that for me. You know what I'm saying? Just because when you when you see all this going on and now, but isn't Yahweh awesome to be able to have all of this stuff that just it, it with confirmation of people that you don't even talk to like, you know? I'm just I mean that is exciting.